Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. And Ted Lasso is not a series about soccer. It's really not even about a coach. What is this series is really a masterclass on leadership and emotional intelligence. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful day here in North Carolina. And this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Ignite Management Services and Liberty Strength. These sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. Also, I want to remind you that the Qualified Leadership Book Series, which includes all three of my best-selling leadership books, is now available on my website, johnsrenny.com. You get all three books for 15% off the Amazon and Barnes & Noble price, but this offer is only available on my website. Now, this is the perfect Christmas gift for the leader or future leader in your family, so check it out at johnsrenny.com. Well, that is it. Today, we have a fun episode for you. We're talking about the leadership lessons from the hit Apple TV show, Ted Lasso. My guest is longtime friend of the show and award-winning author, John Brubaker, also known as Coach Brew. John has written a new book called The Lasso Way, Leadership Lessons from the World's Favorite Football Coach. Now, if you've not seen this show yet, I highly recommend it for every leader. And don't worry, we avoid any spoilers in this discussion. This was a fun episode with a longtime friend of the show and leadership expert. I know you're going to thoroughly enjoy it. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a longtime friend of the show, John Brubaker, also known as Coach Brew. Coach Brew is a former college lacrosse coach, keynote speaker, and award-winning author. He's also an executive coach, and he's known for his unique approach to performance enhancement. He's the guy who helped me get the Deep Leadership Podcast started, and he wrote the foreword to my first best-selling book, Eye of the Watch. Coach Brew has a new book out called The Lasso Way, where he unpacks leadership lessons from the world's greatest fictional football coach, Ted Lasso. Now, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso on Apple TV yet, don't worry. We'll try to avoid too many spoilers in this discussion, but I do recommend that every leader watch this show and, of course, get this book. I'm excited to talk to Coach Brew about the lessons he learned from Coach Lasso. So, Coach Brew, welcome back to the show. Oh, hey, John. Uh, you made the book sound so good. I uh, decided I thought I ought to read it myself. Well, I've got my copy right here. It is a great book. It's it's a great, it's it's easy to read. And having watched the entire series myself, it's such a great, um, uh, it's like a, a good companion to the show to really help uh, unpack all of the lessons that are in this uh, series. It's a fantastic show. And again, I do recommend that every leader um, watch this show and, and try to dig out the leadership lessons. And of course, Coach Brew is going to help you do that with this book. But first of all, for those who haven't seen the show yet, summarize who Coach Lasso is and the kind of the situation that he faces. Yeah, so um, before we jump into that, I'm just <laughs> going to hijack your podcast. 
which you always do warning note in the beginning of the book that lets you know there are no spoiler alerts. Like there are no specific examples from any episodes in the series because I don't want to spoil the show for anybody. There is so much, first of all, it's entertaining as hell, but there's so much educational value to it. I wrote this book really to be, like you said, a companion resource. So I just want everyone to know there's nothing we're going to talk about in here or, or in the book that would ruin it for you in any way. So you should watch the series. Absolutely. Um, and I don't even remember what your question was, John. <laughs> well, give us a little just a summation of what who Coach Lasso is and, and the situation he finds himself in, which is, is you know, that starts the whole series. Sure. Essentially. So uh, Ted Lasso is... Um, as you mentioned, a fictitious character. The whole TV series is actually based on a commercial that NBC Sports asked Jason Sudeikis, who plays Ted Lasso, to produce. They asked him to produce. It ended up being a like a minute and 30-second promo for the actual Premier League soccer league over in Europe that NBC had the rights to broadcast and he played a fictitious coach called Coach Lasso, um, who was kind of uh, you know, like a lovable sort of bumbling, I don't want to say bumbling fool, but like a lovable bumbling kind of guy. Um, and almost like a, a caricature of an actual coach of any sport. And uh, he and his co-producer, who ended up being his assistant coach in the series, quote, Coach Beard, um, in, enjoyed doing that so much and they loved it so much. They said, let's not forget about this. We're going to put it on a shelf for now, but maybe it could become something more someday. And, you know, like timing is everything, timing and entry point and anything. So they took it off the shelf during COVID, so to speak, at the start of COVID and said, we want to produce this as a television series, pitched it to Apple TV. Apple TV loved the idea. And Ted Lasso is not a series about soccer. It's really not even about a coach. That is just sort of the delivery mechanism, if you will, or the uh, the setting in which um, what is this series is really a masterclass on leadership and emotional intelligence. And while he comes off as a guy who is an American football coach, who's in a big sort of transitional period in his adult life. And I don't mean he's turning into a woman. I mean, he's in a transitional period with his family and his wife. That's not spoiling anything. So he takes a job in Europe coaching the other football, or as we call it, soccer. Um, and he is not met with a very warm welcome from the fans, from the players he's coaching from the front office, from the owner in many respects. Um, he's kind of set up to fail, but finds a way to win their hearts. And, you know, it's um, a great example of just having fabulous human relation skills and uh, winning them over through that old coaching expression that we all like to use. Uh, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Well, they initially all cared that he didn't know anything, but then they saw how much he cared for them as human beings mm. and were able to overlook some of his shortcomings. And he openly highlights his shortcomings, which there's a whole leadership lesson in that, John, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, that's, the, that's the thing that's really compelling about this show is that I watched it for the entertainment value, but I... I was struck with how how much there is about leadership in this book, and I wondered, it was it the same with you? And that's what compelled you to write the book. As you walk, you went through it. You're like, holy cow! There is so much in here that there needs to be a companion guide that just kind of spells out the leadership lessons. So, was that what compelled you to write the story? Was it like a realization, like I had, like, holy exactly. cow, there's so much in it? Yeah, yeah. So much like yourself, you know doing what we do, we look at everything, everything through the leadership lens, right? Mm. And so like you and I are watching that series, and this is the first time we've ever talked about it together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you and I are watching that series through the leadership lens. 
and yeah. just thinking, wow, like you, you kind of put yourself in that situation. What would I do as a leader in this situation that Ted's yeah. in? Yeah. And my answers were very different than what he actually ended up doing. And um, so much so to the point that I just thought like, I'm learning so much from him and from this show that I would love to help other people benefit in the same way I did. So I was journaling while I watched it. Mm, And um, I am not a soccer fan. So I'll start this podcast (laughs) off, full disclosure. I do not enjoy soccer. I don't like anything where you, you know, you're, you're pouring your blood, sweat and tears and effort into something collectively for 90 minutes. The score is zero, zero, and you go home. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I think... Having a tie is like kissing your sister. Is the I mean, old yeah, exactly. And, and, and one of the things that's funny about this show is that because a lot of Americans have that feeling towards soccer, that you see, you know, you see Coach Lasso and his and Coach Beard sort of, you know, saying the things that you're thinking, you know? And and so they, they're, they're coming to... Uh, understand the beauty of this sport, but they're also coming into with this very American mindset. So I think that adds an element of humor to it, which again, I think, you know, Ted Lasso uses it to spin how he affects the people in his organization. Just the fact that he, he isn't, you know, an, an expert in soccer yet. He is trying to lead this team. And what it tells you from a leadership lesson is that a lot of times we find ourselves as leaders in an area where we're not the expert, right? That we're surrounded by people who are experts. And a lot of the, one of the biggest failings I see as leaders, they try to pretend like they know things. And, and Ted in this show is, you know, he's, he says, says it like it is like what he, he, he acknowledges his shortcomings when it comes to knowledge. And that ends up, you know, bringing people up that uh, say, Oh, here, I've got this idea. Or, you know, he, he ends up, you know, listening to people that, maybe aren't weren't listened to before. I, and I love that side of it. Yeah, I, and speaking of listening, I can't tell you how many of my friends, peers, colleagues, mm. family, relatives, uh, all told me, you got to watch Ted Lasso. Can't believe you haven't seen Ted Lasso yet. I'm like, I don't like soccer. Uh, that doesn't yeah. sound appealing to me at all. And then I had one particular friend who just told me, I said, you know, what are you reading? What are you watching? Well, we just usually talk about books and documentaries. He's like, you're not going to believe this because he is not a soccer fan either. He's a basketball coach. Mm. He's like, I'm watching Ted Lasso and I think it's amazing. I think you really ought to watch it if you haven't already. And I'm like, you're watching it? And he said, yeah. Shout out, Chris Fitzpatrick. Um, he said, yeah, uh, you would love it. It's hilarious and there's a lot of leadership lessons in it. I'm like, all right, you're, I've heard from a hundred other people, but you're recommending it. I'll check it out. And I got hooked. I started binge watching it. Um, but like, to your point, like, I don't like soccer, uh, but I was willing as a leader to listen to the advice of someone I respect. And I'm glad I did because it turned into a book and, um, just, uh, watching the series is a wonderful educational experience. Yeah, I agree. I, I, it's a fantastic. And again, I think it, it's, you know, I'd be mandatory viewing for new leaders, to be honest. There's, there's so much to unpack in each episode as the, as the seasons progress. I really do think it's, a, it's, a, it's deep uh, with yeah. respect to leadership lessons in there. And if you're an academic dean or you work at a university in academia in any way, shape, or form, uh, I would love to teach a... Uh, class on the lasso way leadership lessons from the world's favorite coach uh, at your institution. I'm trying to, I really think there's so much value to it. I'm trying to find a place where I could teach this like as a master class on leadership. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you are listening to this and you work <laughs> in academia and you have any influence to do something like that as sort of like an advanced special course, uh, hit me up. Yeah. And we do have a lot of people like that who listen in. So again, great opportunity for those who are looking to, you know, add a leadership element into an educational process, which by the way, I think we, we lack in higher education today is we lack uh, treating leadership as its own unique set of skills. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, so again, educators, you're you're listening in, uh, this is an opportunity for you right here. So wasn't that the interesting thing? We teach people how to work. Hmm. In a business, we don't teach them how to start a business and we don't teach them how to lead a business. Right, right. 
Yeah. Plenty of college courses on how to work in a business, but not how to, yeah, or a lead yeah. organization. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So what, um, what, or ship, uh, or ship, no offense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ship too. Yep. Sure. So what, uh, what makes Ted Lasso's leadership philosophy so unique? You know, we're, we're, you know, we've got a world of ego driven leaders. Everyone's, uh, about winning and they're the best and uh, it's it's all about them um what makes ted lasso t- you know unique at least well from your observations in terms of his leadership philosophy he is the antithesis of everything you just described yeah. in the typical american leader yeah. yeah typical corporate leader um i think the two biggest things are self-awareness and empathy mm. you can lump all that together just call it emotional intelligence and he, um, at one point later in the series where he enters therapy, mm. uh, pretends or he kind of puts on this shell or illusion that he's neither of those things uh, as kind of a defense mechanism. But he is very much a uh, empathetic leader with a high EQ who's always thinking about his people first. Mm and is willing to model the behavior with which he wants to see from those he leads. You know, he's not the typical corporate leader who, you know, um, has bankrupted their uh, automotive manufacturing company and flies in a private jet to meet with Congress to beg for billions of dollars as opposed to carpooling in one of their, you know, uh, gas-efficient vehicles to save money. Right. We're paying you for money, but we're spending money hand over fist to travel and the the creature comforts to come see you. Right. Right. Um, Right. Yeah, Yeah. Ted Lasso would would probably ride on a Greyhound bus and, you know, eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches instead of uh, going out to eat on his way. There. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he really does a fantastic job of walking his talk. One of the things I, I observe, you know, one of my favorite books is Good to Great by Jim Collins. And in, in that book, he introduces everyone to this concept of a level five leader. And he found that the best companies, the companies that that, that outpaced, um, you know, all of the uh, industry averages for profitability and growth and what have you, the, the CEOs had this strange uh, mixture, what he called, of humility and fierce resolve. So they were humble. They were uh, not full of themselves, uh, but they cared deeply about their companies, and they were they were passionate to see them succeed. Uh, and so he said that th- there's this new type of leader out there called level five leaders that are really the ones that make the organizations great. And when I read that a long time ago, I re- I thought, oh, that's not the caricature that you think of as CEOs and bosses, right? And so in Ted Lasso, we sort of see that level five leadership, that humility, but also, you know, a fierce resolve to, 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 he never gives up on any, yeah. I think that's the, the thing that really stood out to me. Even after getting, even after getting stabbed in the back. Yes. Yes. Yep. His yeah. ability to forgive, mm-hmm. uh, not just for the other person, but for his, for himself. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's the most important reason to grant forgiveness to someone. You don't necessarily forgive them so much for them, but it, because it benefits you, you're not carrying that, that emotional baggage around. And he is an incredibly empathetic, vulnerable leader. Mm. To your point. And uh, one of the, the ways he sort of packages that in a fun, entertaining way is he's got a real self-deprecating sense of humor. Yeah, you have to be kind of vulnerable to point out your own, you know, shortcomings or stumbling blocks. And at one point, um, you know, his former assistant ripped him to the media, and then he's in a press conference. They ask him, um, you know, about what his former assistant Nate said about him, and he's like, you know, he's he's sharp, clever guy. I'm not surprised he said that, but like, that's low hanging fruit, man. Like, there's so many other things he could have pointed out, or like. I'm such a uh, a flawed person. There's so many other things he could have pointed out about me. Like, yeah. look at my mustache. He didn't even mention, he didn't make fun of my mustache. 
He's got this big walrus mustache, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's like, I look like a caricature of Ned Flanders playing Ned Flanders. <laughs> and if you don't know who that is, it's the the boss on The Simpsons. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and then like the whole, you know, media gallery that's there for his press conference are like not laughing at him anymore. They're laughing with him because he's willing to be vulnerable and self-deprecating. And it just did a great job of, sport, of spinning a negative into a positive and had them eating out of the palm of his hand, not in a manipulative way, but in a facilitative way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see that. Um, one of the things that really stands out, and you mentioned it already, is, is how his approach towards people. And uh, one of the things that I, I, I talk about a lot, and I know you've talked about a lot too, is that you can't take a one-size-fits-all approach to people and leading people. So I was going to say, what what are some things that you saw in Ted's approach to people that, like his his fellow coaches, his boss, his players, what are some things that you noticed through the series of how he um, approaches each individual? So uh, I call it the Uber effect. Hmm. And what I mean by that is, what does Uber do? You, you order it up on your phone, you order a car service up on your phone, and Uber meets you where you are as opposed to you like having to like walk down the street and hail a cab, Uber meets you where you are. And great leaders meet their people where they are, emotionally, psychologically, whatever the case may be. And he's a great example of managing up and managing down. Yes. Yeah, he's the head coach, but he is an owner that he has to report to and answer to. And she quite frankly, inherited a soccer team she didn't want and had no interest in being an active, involved owner. Mm. He would knock on her door every single morning and bring her a little box of biscuits. Mm. Yes. And he said, you know, I'm going to bring you these biscuits each morning and I'm hoping, you know, we could uh, literally like break bread together and um, talk about the direction of the team, you know, what her vision was for everything. She had no interest in that. So he said, okay, I'm just going to leave them with you. Now, they were delicious. She, she would like, as soon as he shut the door and left, she would eat them and enjoy them. And then eventually it went from dropping off the biscuits to she was willing to sit down and talk. And yeah. it's just understanding where that person is. Oh, you're not ready to talk. Let me leave these with you. And you know, just through sheer uh, persistence and generosity and kindness, you know, he, she warmed up to him and he won her over. And you can contrast that with, you know, um, he had a uh, kind of a crusty curmudgeon of an older player in Roy Kent, who was transitioning out of being a player to like, all right, this is probably my last season. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do next. He had kind of a dysfunctional relationship with his girlfriend. And, you know, Ted just said, hey, you ever thought about coaching? And he was just like, no, not really. We'd well, be really good at it. Like, I, I think a, a good leader sees something in his people yeah. they don't see in themselves. And he just pointed out during that season, like how he was, how Roy was a role model and mentor and was literally like a coach on the field, coaching these rookies and these younger, less experienced players, mentoring them. And just through kind of sheer example, uh, he won him over and said, hey, you know, I, I think I would like to to coach with you. Mm. And, and it's just meeting people where they are. You know, some people have a hard shell, a protective exterior, and other people, you know, just need a sounding board and are willing to share right away. And, you know, he had that in, uh, I believe it was um, like kind of the GM of the club. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Higgins. Higgins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that guy was you know immediately available and willing to talk and share, and he just kind of understood the individual and their dynamics and met mm-hmm. them where they are. And there's such a lesson in that for all of us. You know, um, there is no one size fits all approach, no matter what some of these quote management leadership gurus tell you, and they give you like the the seven easy steps or the 10, yeah. you know, 10 keys to, to lead it. There's no cookie cutter approach and you got to 
your people where they are. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. As a leader, you're responsible for the mission and the people assigned to you. Regardless of the size of your team, employees are depending on you for their lives and careers. For the sake of your team and the people who entrust you with this role, you need to master the skills to become a great leader. Best-selling leadership author John Rennie is proud to introduce the Qualified Leadership Book Series. This new series teaches you how to become a people-centered leader. Great leaders know that employees who are respected, appreciated, and allowed to grow will go the extra mile. These books provide real-world leadership wisdom written from a hands-on perspective. If you want to be a more effective leader, this is the one book series you should read this year. This three-book series contains the following best-selling leadership books. I Have the Watch, You Have the Watch, and All in the Same Boat for one low price of $39.99. Begin your journey to become a leader worth following. Go to johnsrenny.com and get your order in today. This episode is brought to you by Ignite Management Services. Ignite is led by Mike Watson, who you might remember from episode 137. Mike and his team believe that everything starts with leadership, whether it's strategy execution or cultural transformation. It's the role of the leader to create the conditions for their people to succeed. The team at Ignite can help you develop critical habits to enhance your leadership capability and transform your business. Ignite Management is now offering the Resilient Leadership Assessment Tool. This is an online questionnaire designed to assess and guide leadership development, coaching, and team building. It provides leaders an opportunity to gain insights into their leadership strengths and development needs. After taking this assessment, you will receive a custom detailed report that provides practical and actionable recommendations to enhance your effectiveness. I have taken this assessment myself and found it to be extremely valuable in helping me make changes to my leadership approach. Right now, Ignite is offering 15% off the price of this tool to the deep leadership audience. Go to ignitemanagement.ca and enter the code START15 at checkout to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger at Liberty Strength. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. Your energy skyrockets, your sleep improves, your confidence increases, and more. But how can you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best people for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put liberty strength in your corner. Jeremy and his team will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. I've worked with Liberty Strength for the past two years, and I'm in the best shape of my life, and I'm still hitting strength personal records at 56 years old. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at libertystrengthtx.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. One thing I, I, I liked about uh, at least the way this series ran and the way he his leadership style was, he sort of like, he he used people in their and their strengths to possibly inf- influence the team and and so and one of the, the other thing yeah i would say is that he you know one of the things i say is that you know don't worry about you know a lot of times we only promote people because they have the right pedigree or the right degree and and so he takes uh, you know a person that's like the the what do they call him the, like the uh Nate, Nate is like the equipment person, right? You know, he's like, he's in charge of... He's essentially a water boy. <laughs> he's like the water boy. And he realizes that this 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 guy's brilliant in terms of strategy. And, and he recognized that and he promotes him uh, to the dismay of a lot of other people. Are like, oh, he's just a, you know, he he's just a water boy and you promoted him. And that's what I like about it. One of the lessons there is that, is to look inside the organization 
And where where do people have potential that that are, that is, that is un, not on not tapped into yet? And also, how can they be used to better in, uh, to better improve the team, like you did with Roy, like you did with the the one guy who was the big star? You know, eventually he you know how can I use these people yeah. to get the to get the team to be better? And that's what I loved about that. Uh, it, he wasn't looking to get rid of people and bring new people in. He's like, I'm going to make do with what I have to 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 to, to increase the performance of the team. And you touched on something I think is super important, and that is, you know, first of all, yes, he played the hand he was dealt masterfully, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and also, he, um, you know, just through being empathetic, willing to listen, and being incredibly collaborative, saw value in people where others don't. I think that's the big takeaway from this part of the, the podcast, John, is great lead. Like, if you're a leader and you're listening to this, you're like, how does you know him making the water boy an assistant coach, what does that have to do with me and my role? Yeah. But how yeah. are you seeing value as a leader, seeing value in your people or any other kind of assets in your company where others don't? Mm. See that in great teams, professional sports teams. Uh, you see that in great companies where they find value and they see things uh, where others don't. Now that involves thinking outside the box and being really receptive to you know different ideas, but it pays dividends. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and that's exactly what we you see in the show where he he deals with the hand he's given and he finds those gems in in his people and the skill sets that are sort of untapped and he brings it to the table and ends up building a win, you know, building a great team out of it. Um, one of the things I was going to ask you about is positivity. Now he has this, uh, infectious, positive, uh, attitude with his team. And I'm just seeing how does that relate to resilience and the ability to withstand, uh, difficult times? Because, you know, you know, I'm no, it's, I don't want to spoil the show, but you know, this, everything isn't always peaches and roses and it, it's not in the show either. It's, it's, I think it's a real, realistic view of what life is like a lot of ups and downs but how would you say his positivity and his approach to having an optimistic attitude help that idea of resilience so and i talk about this i use the metaphor in my book seeds of success mm-hmm. um you know like the metaphor of kind of gardening if you will you know if you plant corn every day you're gonna get corn you can keep planting you're gonna get corn you're gonna get more corn and you plant lettuce, you keep planting lettuce, you're going to get lettuce and more lettuce. If you don't plant anything, you're going to get weeds. Yeah, and um, if you're not being positive, that's you're not planting anything in your people. Mm. You're going to end up growing weeds, and they're going to end up growing weeds, and that's contagious. Yeah. Uh, well, wherever there is a void, negativity will fill it. That's sort of the analogy with planting versus you know, growing weeds. And he does a great job of staying positive and staying optimistic. And I don't mean like Pollyanna positive because yeah, yeah. times yeah. where, you know, he is positive, but um, shares the brutal facts and the truth with his people. And yeah. that's what makes it genuine and authentic. You know, um, there are just so many examples also where he uses humor in a tough situation. Um you know, they were losing, they were on a losing streak. And, you know, a reporter in one of his press conferences says, uh, you know, how, how's the mood with the team? You guys, I think, 0-3 in the last three games. He's like, oh, lower than a rattlesnake's belly button. Uh, <laughs> but our hopes, you know, our hopes and our expectations are taller than a giraffe's top hat. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's just kind of looking at him like, what? Uh, yeah. And, you know, a couple, he got a chuckle out of a couple people. But, um just the ability to use humor to also uh, stay positive and, you know, help people not take life or what they're doing quite so seriously. Yeah. Because yeah. when you're taking it a little too seriously, you start pressing, um, you start making decisions you probably shouldn't make or might not normally make. And that's a recipe for destruction with anything, not just a sporting event or individual performance. So I think that's, you know, where his positivity comes in. It's like genuine positivity, but also a sense of realism too. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. He acknowledges the, the you know, like the pain in the room from a loss, but he turns it into to a, a lesson and a learning lesson. And, and, and I love that because we tend to, as leaders, always celebrate the success, but you know what? We're going to have a lot of losses too. And I think I learned a lot from how he handled losses, probably more than even the wins, because I tend to be, you know, I like to win. I hate losing, you know, sure. and he was, uh, he was good at losing. One of the things I, I was going to mention is his communication style is, well, you, simple. hang on, John, you learn way more through a loss than you ever learn in victory. Yeah, exactly. Because there's yeah. like this halo effect when you win that, oh, everything must have gone great. We won by 20. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you had a lot of flaws. But then we don't. We tend to not, we don't learn the lessons in victory. We need we need the losses to be able to learn where our weaknesses are to shore them up. And I think that's one of the things I learned from it. I, I also like, like how he used simple communication. He uses analogies to help. Like we talked, you talked about the giraffe and the and the snake. But, you know, you're, you're, you're good at that and your message. I know we, you talk about kangaroos a lot. They're the only animal that can only move forward. They can't move back. It's a great analogy to learn a lesson. And he uses the goldfish, for example. And I love that he kept talking about the goldfish. And it's, it's about having this short memory, you know, a memory of a goldfish. But he, he, um, he tends to love that. creative license there. Uh, the reality of it is, is in my book, Stadium Status, I reference goldfish as they have a 10-second attention span. <laughs> Good. American adult has a seven-second attention span. Ah. Ted Lasso says, oh, the goldfish only has a, a memory that lasts 10 seconds. It's not memory. It's attention span. So, like, yeah. and, and that's some of the charm of the, of the series is there's a little creative license taken with his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, we should all have a short memory for failure. And a long memory for success. Yeah, I, I do. I do uh, like the idea of simple communication and, and and metaphors because I think sometimes we see leaders. I mean, I did twenty two years in corporate, and I can tell you, I've I've been I've seen death by PowerPoint so many times in my life. But we miss out on the simple messages like "be like a goldfish," like, and here's what that means. And everybody understands, and even the team towards the end of the series is like, just be a goldfish, just be a goldfish. So they understood what that meant, what coach meant by that. So we 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 make things too complicated as leaders. I love his simple communication style too. Uh, that yeah, great really stood out. Great organizations have their own nomenclature. Yes. They yes. have their own language where yes. if you're not in the in the know or on the in. Uh, yeah, within the company, you probably had no idea what they're saying when they're talking about things internally. Like if you're a fly on the wall, you would need some of that language translated for you. Hey, as you look at like peak demand, you could probably think off the top of your head, half a dozen things like, you know, this is just, here's how we talk. Here's the language we use. Kind of like be a goldfish where, you know, if someone off the street walked in or some corporate bean counter, they would have no idea what you're talking about. But you you made it crystal clear and simple for your people, and none of them could possibly misunderstand what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'll get it. Yeah, yeah. That and that's what it means to be on the team. You're on the inside group that knows what that message means, and you're part of the family. You know, and I think that's where you get that. Uh, the fact that there's this expression that everybody understands because you're in on the inside of this organization. It's special, you know, and I think great leaders create a family and create a something that's special. And you're, you're honored to be part of that team. And you're, you know, I, that's the way I felt in the submarine force, at least when you're on a crew of a submarine, you, there was a lot of inside humor, a lot of inside jokes, but um, you were part of that crew. You were, you were, you were, a, you, you were part of something special and everybody, you know, we treated each other yeah. that way. I'm amazed that you did not mention that a guy with a degree from Fairleigh Dickinson used the word <laughs> nomenclature. That's pretty good. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I hope somewhere out there, one of your listeners is like Googling or going online. And right. Nomenclature means. Right. Right. I hope so. <laughs> one of the things you said, you you have a podcast, The Coach Brew Show, which has the shortest intro in all of podcast history, which I love. Uh, and I listen to it. I subscribe. And I, I really encourage listeners that you do as well. It should be on your uh, it should be on your feed. So The Coach Brew Show, we'll put links on that in the show notes. One thing you said is that if you had a chance to do it over again and you had a chance to go back and coach again, that you would do things differently just by some of the things you learned from the, from Coach Lasso. So 
kind of, I would just kind of pick your brain. I, of course, I listened to the episode, but share with some ideas or things that you would have done differently now that you've had the time time to watch Ted Lasso and see him and the way he interacted with his team and his coaches. Uh, how did that, what are some of the areas that you would like to do different or you could do differently? What would you do? I think that as a general rule, coaches especially, but a lot of leaders take themselves and what they do way too seriously. Yeah. Especially football coaches. I don't mean soccer. I mean, American football. Uh, they tend to be fanatical about one thing, being football coaches. Uh, we tend to overcomplicate and we tend to, to take ourselves and what we do way too seriously. As a coach, yes, you know, it's your livelihood and, you know, it's a results-driven profession where you need to win or you get fired. But at the end of the day, it's a game and games are meant to be fun. And I think the more fun you and your people are having, the better the results will be. And if I had a professional mulligan, if you will, to use the golf term, and I got a do-over in my career, um, I would focus on A, me having more fun, selfishly, but also, you know, that's contagious. So if I'm having fun, my players are having more, are having fun. If I'm loose and relaxed, even in high-pressure situations, the people I'm leading will be more loose and relaxed. And you really see that with Ted. And that was my biggest takeaway is try to make it fun. And, you know, a lot of them bought in right away. Others, it was like, I'll buy in later against my better judgment. Uh, but once they did, once they started having fun, they played looser, they played better. Yeah. Um, that is my biggest takeaway as a leader is uh, not to take myself so seriously, to have more of that self-deprecating sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that a lot. Let your people play. Yeah. And that's a, that takes a high level of confidence to do that. You know, I think we, out of maybe insecurities, we take ourselves too seriously versus being relaxed and, and like, look, I'm confident in myself. I'm confident in my abilities and we're going to have a good time here. And uh, he was confident that that was, he had done it before with other teams. So he know he knew that I can be relaxed I, and I can take myself less seriously and we will be, it will positively affect the team. And I know that. And so he wasn't nervous or feeling insecure that he was not knowledgeable in the, in the sport of soccer. He just, he's like, I, I know people. And that's yeah. what I loved about it. It's like, I know people. And, uh, and he did. And uh, I would, yeah. if I owned um, or I were on the board of a corporation and I were hiring a new leader, a new, whether it's a plant manager, a CEO, whatever it is, I would care more about finding someone who knows people mm. than who had the technical knowledge and expertise and all the nuances of manufacturing in that particular industry. Yeah. Uh, whether you're making electrical equipment or, you know, uh, yeah, any other type of firm, I think at the end of the day, and I, I'm going to quote the great American philosopher, John S. Rennie. <laughs> At the end of the day, leadership is a people business. Yeah, yeah. You need to know people. And I think that's where Ted uh, is really, that's his wheelhouse is he knows people. And, and the only way you know people is by taking the time to get to know your people. Mm. Now, who was the uh, management guru who, who coined the term management by walking around? Was it Maxwell? John Maxwell? I don't think so. Is Demings maybe? Well, Deming was the uh, yeah. He he talked a lot about that in the uh, in his some some of his stuff. I think it was Maxwell that finally made MBWA a, a term. But yeah, okay. Deming talked about get out to where uh, the real the real work is being done. So yeah, yeah it was sort you of gotta walk around to get to know your people to know you know what what motivates them, what they care about, and. Uh, also to accept their feedback on how things could be done more efficiently or better. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, one thing, by the way, this is the book, Ted Lasso, or sorry, The Lasso Way. And um, it has a, it's the only leadership book I've ever read that has a recipe in it. Why is there a recipe in it? <laughs> I mentioned it earlier. Uh, he would bring a box, a little pink box of biscuits. And here's the recipe page. He would bring a little pink box of biscuits 
to his boss. And they're not biscuits in the American sense. They're like probably a lot like they're like bootleg scones, I guess, over in England. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he didn't like the way they taste. He also didn't like tea. He thought it tasted like muddy water, muddy swamp water. Uh, he's a coffee guy. He's American. Yeah, but he yeah. knew his boss loved those two things. She would always have tea in the morning and in the afternoon. So he baked her something by hand himself, didn't tell her he baked it, uh, and he would bring her something that would um, that she could eat with her tea at tea time. She sent her assistant, Higgins, to every single bakery in the city trying to figure out which one Ted bought the biscuits from because they came in this very nice little pastry box, a little pink box. And um, after they've exhausted every possibility, she's like, he can't be making these himself. And that's when the light bulb went on, like, this guy really cares. I just take biscuits, I throw them over in the corner of my desk, and I tell him to leave. Uh, But he keeps going to the trouble of every night baking me fresh biscuits for the next morning. Yeah. And I just think there's so much to be said for, for, you know, breaking bread with the people you work with or work for or work for you. And um, the gesture of, you know, I didn't order a pizza. Uh, I cooked the meal myself. I, you know, anyone can order a pizza or just pick up a dozen donuts at the bakery on the way in. But right. I labored over this for you because I love you and I care about you. Yeah, yeah. Completely changes um, how something is received. I firmly believe that. Yeah, yeah. So that recipe is in there. That's why I included it. Yeah, I love it. And that was the one thing that made me laugh when I I saw saw it in the book because it's a big part of the show. And there are the recipes in there, which which makes it fun. Again, this is a great companion piece. If you watch, and again, uh, leaders, watch watch the show. I'm not getting any money from Apple TV to tell you that, but you need to watch it. Watch all, I think, three seasons. Watch all three seasons. Learn uh, those leadership lessons and then get this book, uh, The Lasso Way, as a companion piece. Uh, Coach Brew, what kind of final message would you like to leave um, with our listeners? The Lasso Way is available at coachbrew.com exclusively. <laughs> um the final message I would like to leave with you is, um, you know, the, the old saying that I learned from my coaching mentor and you really see it shine in Ted Lasso, the TV series is it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. And that's what you always say, John, you just say it a different way. You say leadership is a people business. You can have the greatest strategy in the world, but if your people don't know that you love and care for them, uh, as a leader, that strategy will fall short. Uh, you could have the worst strategy in the world, but if you have people willing to run through a wall for you on your team, they will find a way to take that simple flawed strategy and they'll find a way to make that thing work and shine. Uh, it absolutely is a people business. And um, that is my final takeaway for you. <laughs> that's great. And uh, that's why I love this book. It's consistent with the message on this podcast, the messages in my book. It's called The Lasso Way. Uh, Coach Brew, how can people find out more about you, all your services, and all your books? Because you have a lot of books, by the way. <laughs> they can go to coachbrew.com. That's coachbru.com. Um, my favorite project I've been involved with is uh, writing the forward for your book. Yes, yes. Yeah, four years ago, you wrote the forward to I Have the Watch, my first book that I ever wrote and ever published. And um, and I think because you wrote the forward, it's been so successful. So that has been why that's why I brought that up. You're welcome. (laughs) That book continues to be on the bestsellers list even four years after we we published it. And so, yeah, your influence on that book was very uh, well. You were one of the people I talked to. I said, I want to write a book. What? How do I do it? And you helped me through that process. And we created a great book uh, through your guidance and help. So I, I would yeah. like to, I'd like to take credit also for your other book on the same boat, because I introduced you to a great military leader from another country. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I believe he did a promo, a video promo for your book, All in the Same Boat. And it was Admiral Jones. Admiral Jones. 
personal yeah. friend of mine, Admiral Jones, the East Indian Navy. Yeah, if you if you want to, that's a deep cut on my uh, YouTube channel. If you can find uh, the Admiral Jones video, uh, hit me up on uh, DM me on uh, Twitter, and uh, maybe I'll give you a prize if you can find that uh, video on my uh, YouTube page. But one of my favorite videos for everybody there. It's a great Easter egg. Yeah. See if you can find Admiral Jones, and you can if you can tell me what his message is. Uh, maybe I'll give you something. Uh, so DM me on uh, Twitter and uh, I have a prize for whoever can find it first. So Coach Brew, this has been great. We're going to put links uh, to your website on the show. We'll also put links to your podcast, uh, The Coach Brew Show. And uh, right? yeah. it's not the Coach Brew Podcast, it's a Coach Brew Show. Take right? your pick. Take your pick. They both work. We'll go ahead and put links in the show notes. And again, I encourage leaders, listen, go watch this uh, series. You're going to learn a lot. Get the book, the companion piece, and you're going to dig out more of the details, more of the information uh, about the leadership lessons from uh, Coach Lasso from this book. Again, it's it's a quick read. It's it's a nice, nice book. It's, it's, it's small. It's portable. You can bring it on a trip with you. And uh, it's a great book. I encourage you to get it. So Coach Brew, thanks for coming on the show again. Thanks for all you're doing in the leadership space and this new book. Thank you, John. Appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today.